Larry, welcome to the Big Red Bench. Thank you very much, Valerie. Delighted to be here. Delighted to be talking on, on a Cork radio station as distinct from other radio stations around the around the country. It's brilliant. I know, Larry, the last time we spoke to you, you were in New York and there was crazy COVID numbers. And how did you first finish out the last few months living in New York before we talk about your move home? How did you find it? Oh, well, it was fine. I mean, we I suppose to a certain extent we got used to the COVID numbers when I spoke to you in May. They were harrowing and, and living in New York with some of the sites we saw were harrowing. Um, but things, I guess we got used to it at some level um, and, and we began to cope with it. Um, and things were very good before I came home because, um, as my lovely wife says, because of my age profile, I was eligible for a vaccine. Um, and so at the end of in early February, I got the first jab in, in the New, New Jersey public health system. And then on the 24th of February, I got the second jab, um, got on a plane that night and I was in Ireland the following morning, which was two days before Congress. Um, and so that was a bit of a tight schedule, but I'm here since and it's been wonderful. How did you find the jab? No crazy reactions from what you got on okay? Absolutely no reactions at all. Even the second one um, got on the plane that night and no problems whatsoever with it, thankfully. Absolutely amazing. I remember last year when we were talking, talking to you as well, I think you mentioned that your wife Barbara was going to stay and finish her doctorate, but she came with you in the end, Larry. Did she finish that? Not exactly and no. Um, we're still in the middle of the doctorate. We're at that lovely stage of what am I going to do my dissertation on? Um <laughs> which is a onerous place to be in terms of figuring out what you're going to do. Um, it's all going the McCarthy family at some level, Valerie, because she came home in February, um, essentially got, the, got set up where we're going to live in Dublin. And the morning after Congress flew back to America because on the 1st of March, she started a new job. So how does one, in this day and age, how does one celebrate becoming the 40th president of the GEA? Well, yourself and your wife go out and get two fish and chips and a bottle of champagne and away we go. And that's what we did. And the following morning, she was in Dublin airport at nine o'clock and back in New Jersey and working away on her new job. So you're flying solo at the moment in Dublin? Solo at the moment in Dublin, I am. Yeah, no, it's quite restrictive flying solo, obviously, in this 5K. Um, But yeah, flying solo at the moment um, and it's great. No, it's not flying solo. Let me yeah. let me read. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do just in case. Just in case, yeah. Um, it's great being home and it's great being in the job, and I'm loving every moment of it. Clearly, I'm missing Barbara, but I mean that's the way it is. And I know Connor and Shane were in theatre and stuff, and they want their had their sights on Broadway. And is Broadway back up and running? Are they? No, are they, no. not yet. Broadway is not back up and running. There are some art activities going on. I see that some concerts and museums are beginning to open up, but Broadway in essence hasn't opened up yet. Um, And so as a consequence of that, off-Broadway stuff hasn't either. So um, no, they're not gainfully employed at the moment, uh, unfortunately. I know that we were hoping that you might come down and live in the real capital, but you settled above in Dublin in the end, Larry. Well, proximity to where I'm, I'm going to be working it was the was the key thing. Um, Valerie, I don't know whether I shared this with you previously, but uh, for the last 22 years, I've been absolutely spoiled in terms of location. Yeah. My commute to work is 60 yards. Um, I walk to the back gate of the university and there's 240 yards on campus before I'm in the building where I work. Um, and then when I started looking for, when we started looking for places in Dublin to live, um, it made sense to me to be cro- close to Croke Park. Um, then when Barbara got involved in the discussion, um, shall we say the location moved further north 
And I won't say I capitulated, but I did lose the argument. <laughs> happy wife, happy life, Larry, isn't that it? I don't know, Valerie, you tell me. <laughs> but look, it is nice to have you in the Cork Radio Airways because I did watch Congress that day that you give your president's speech. And a lot of people were, I know, so proud and so happy that you give Bishopstown such a good and huge mention. It was lovely to hear. Well, yeah, I mean, I think I said it in in in, in my speech that your your home club is always your home club and Bishopstown is mine, um, even though I've gone through two other clubs at least, Rahini obviously won, and then my long affiliation with the Sligo Football Club in New York. But the home club is always the home club in the GA, and that's that's the way it is. And by the way, I've, I've been I haven't been back there obviously since, but I got a lovely call from them a couple of weeks ago, and I sat in on a, a senior hurling team quiz with them one Friday night, and it was great crack, you know. Um, and I did tell them, mind you, lads, it's about time you won a county. <laughs> I'd love to hear that. But you yourself have plenty of fond memories in the Bishopstown jersey, I know, playing underage for them. Yeah, I did. I played underage for them um, for, for a number of years. We moved to Bishopstown as a family in 1970. So what age was I then? I was 16, I suppose. Um, and before I went off, to, I had played with them previously as well. Um, and then went off to college uh, about 1973. But in those three years, I played and sort of the field, Bishopstown GA field was very close to the house. So I spent a lot of time up there hanging around and hitting balls and pucking balls and stuff like that. But yeah, great memories of the club. You went to college in Limerick and then you also kind of continued your love for the GA by getting heavily involved in the club there. It was formerly known as Tolman College. Yeah, I did. I um, got very much involved in it and, and a lot of the fellows who were around, around the club will still tell you that my contribution was not on the field. In other words, they would have regarded me as brutal as a player, <laughs> um, but that my contribution was off the field. Um, and we had a very, very, we had a very good club um, and we had a very successful run in, in higher education competitions. And then we were lucky enough um, to have a very good run through the Limerick County Championship in 77 and then won an Ireland Club Championship, thankfully, in 78 with them, you know. Um, so uh, they were great times. And there's a man called Mick Scally up in Westmead, who's a, a school teacher, now retired, I would suspect, um, who caught me one night and said in the library and said, would I help him out with running the football and hurling club, and I said I would. Um, and without that invitation from Mick, I would not be sitting here today as, as Uchtar on Common Luke Class Gale, I can assure you. And look, it's it's an amazing achievement, I mean, for an overseas uh, gentleman like yourself to get um, the presidency of the GA. And I know that um, you yourself, were you surprised maybe that you had so much support or did you go into going, I have a chance here? Oh, Lord. Um... <sighs> First of all, I was sort of surprised that I actually stepped up and said, okay, I'll I'll make a run at this. Um, and then when I started going around the country and going around the world looking for support, um, I was pleasantly surprised by the level. Uh, what did strike me, however, was that in the context of the um, election, that the second preferences were going to be very, very critical because people had a very strong natural affiliation with the people who were from their own province. Mm -hmm. Um, and so Ulster, first preferences were inevitably, not inevitably, were largely going to go to Jarlett. Yeah. Leinster, first preferences were largely going to Jim Bolger. Same with Jerry O'Sullivan and same with Mick Rock, for instance. And so then it became a case of, OK, I'll have to convince people that if they don't give me their first preference, would they mind giving me the second preference? Um, and that's when I began to think, OK, well, we have a shot at this. 
Yeah, and you did a great shot of it and you're delighted you stepped up and took the chance now, Larry. I know um, we're all looking forward really to the return of the GA. But before you moved home, how were the college with you maybe taking some time off? You obviously planned to go back and lecture there, Larry. You, you know, you want to go back and finish what you what you're living well, with. I, yeah, I will. I, I, I'm, I'm obligated to go back to them, um, Valerie, um, in terms of they were very kind. I mean, they gave me a, a three year leave of absence. Well, technically, it's only two. But as the dean said to me, look, I can only give you two. Um, but what you do is we'll get the two and then you reply for the third and we'll give you that. Um, I think it's fair to say they probably have no concept of how important the role is. Mm. They know I've become president of this sport organization in Ireland, um, but I don't think they appreciate the cultural importance of the significance of the GA as an institution. They've seen some clips and they've seen my name in the papers and stuff like that. And they obviously see whenever I mention Seton Hall, for instance, but I mean, um, it escapes Americans, I think, the relevance of the GA in our lives, you know, and not not in terms of Irish people in America at all, but in, in terms of people who just don't understand the GA or, or understand what the GA is all about. Yeah, I know. You must be really looking forward to the return of it. I mean, to come home and to be coming into the middle of this nightmare, Larry, it's probably not been an easy start, is it? Well, no, I mean, it's uh, the, the it, that's uh, that's a fair assessment of it. Yeah. In in my wildest dreams, would I ever have thought that we'd be in a situation where we wouldn't be playing games. But I think last Tuesday evening and the announcement by the government that we're going to be back on the 26th, that the clubs, are, the kids are going to be back on the 26th was the best announcement that we've heard in a long, long time. You know, and it's it's great to get get some fun back into clubs um, and get them started at least. And then, please God, we'll well look. We can do this. We've done it well before. We will continue to do it well. Um, but I mean, the the one concern I suppose the kids will be fine. Um, I just hope to God that the parents don't assemble too much at, at the the pitch gate or at the field gate or at, outside the clubhouse or stuff like that, um, and things go slightly awry in us. But I'm sure they won't. And we have a record of doing this and we've done it well last year and we'll, we'll do it well again. But that's going to bring a great deal of relief to a lot of people, not least of which are those parents who need to be sort of de-stressed a little bit by letting their kids out running around the place. Yeah, there was a small a small hiccup during the week in this road to return. I know that, unfortunately, the Dublin footballers, you know, were caught were reportedly training, Larry, and I know you released a statement saying it's sheer frustration and extreme disappointment, but do you think something like this could jeopardise the return of play? Um, no, I, I don't think, honestly, that it's going to impact at this particular incident. Now, if there was another one, Oh Lord, that could be that would make it very very difficult for us. But no, I'm I'm reasonably confident at the moment that we will get back. Assuming Valerie, now assuming that the numbers stay where they are, and that you know the public health authorities don't decide that they've they've gone awry over over Easter or anything like that. Um, but no, I, I I think all going well. Fingers crossed. I think yeah, we're 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 in a good place. Yeah, I know. And as GA folk, you know, when they did announce that, uh, I felt like we felt the week defending the decision by the government. And then for something like this to happen, it was just hard to defend something like that then as well. Is there further discipline from the GA maybe towards Dublin or is it dealt with? Um, well, we appointed a, 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 a Christopher had an emergency meeting on. Let me get my timeline right here yeah. now. Um, today, uh, yesterday, um, and we appointed an investigation committee to look into it as we did with the Cork incident early in the year and the Down incident. So we're adopting the exact same procedures. All right, but look, we we'll, we leave that uh, hiccup there and we'll try and move on. And hopefully, I know that now that we have the return in our sights, you have the headache of maybe fixtures and a small window of opportunity to try and keep everyone happy, Larry. Is this possible? 
It's never happy. To, it's never possible to keep everybody happy. <laughs> Mother of divine God, he, you know, not only in the GA, but even in, li- in life, it's not. No, there'll be somebody complaining. Uh, but I mean, that's that, that's the nature of the beast. And we'll 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 have a, a comprehensive games program now. Um, we're working on it at the moment. It it's going to be concertinaed a little bit. So it's going to make it a little bit more difficult and a little bit more challenging. But I've no doubt we'll 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 do it. And with the with the help of the counties and with the help of the players, um, we'll have a program of games right through the right through the summer. You know. Yeah. Um, but the more important element of that is, I just hope to God we get the clubs up and operating. You know. I mean, we the ninety eight percent is more important than the two percent. But the two percent are, are are our shop window. But I mean. The, the idea the ideal here is to get the clubs back as 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 quickly as is feasible good so you want a league you want a championship and you want a club action you want to run it all basically well, let me rephrase that I want club action yeah and then we want league and then we want championship I'd love to see the clubs back now but I mean at the moment we only have permission obviously for the intercounty stuff to come back so we'll we'll run a we'll run a league and we'll run a championship and uh, see where we go after that Fingers crossed. I know something like the NFL has tried, you know, bringing in vaccinated fans to the stadium. Could we see something similar if it was allowed? Would you be happy to do something like that? Or is that too much of a nightmare? Um, we'd be we'd be happy to see anybody in the stadium. Um, but it depends on, on how, what we're allowed to do. Um, I don't know how you would manage or how you would identify that either Valerie Wheeler or Larry McCarthy are actually vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know, have we got a vaccination passport? Um, if there's something that has been created, I've seen something along those lines in the travel business. Um, but how do you identify whether somebody has been vaccinated or not vaccinated? Um, it would probably be difficult to implement. But, I mean, if we're allowed to do it, we'll do it. We'll find a way. Yeah, it would be you know? nice. Games have been so strange without them. Like, they've been, the atmosphere has just been not there. Yeah, they've been very, very strange. Empty stadiums, you know, empty parky queeves, empty croak parks, empty limericks. It's it's not what we're about, you know. Um, and even if you do pipe in the noise, it 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 still doesn't make it. It absolutely doesn't. And I mean, the whole camaraderie of going, half the, the, the enjoyment of going to matches is the camaraderie and the socialisation that are around it. Um, and I'm not underestimating what happens out in the field. But I mean, it's it's the buzz of being in a large crowd at events, and and we clearly all miss that. We clearly miss it for club games as well, obviously. You know. Yeah, you probably don't have an easy few months ahead, maybe with the nightmare fixtures and hopefully no more hiccups in the road of COVID breaches. But what are you most looking forward to as president? You know, when things are back to normal, what what are you what are you looking forward to, Larry? Going to club games, seeing clubs up and running. Um, seeing matches and seeing young people back enjoying games up and down the country. I was about to say up and down the world, but certainly up and down the country because there are places in the world where we are going at the moment. Australia and New Zealand, for instance, are flying. New York are starting their leagues and championships next week. Um, So there are places around the world where the games are going ahead. Um, But I mean, seeing club games up and running again here is something I, I, I would love to see quickly. The GA president title probably might keep you up at night sometimes, but what will you do to maybe, you know, 
shy away from it just to get your break from it is there anything you like to do outside of thinking about Jay and worrying about the club and worrying about the fixtures I mean what does Larry McCarthy do in his spare time <laughs> what does Larry McCarthy do his wife will tell you nothing um, aside, <laughs> from, aside from thinking about the GA or being involved in the GA or doing GA stuff or going to Gaelic Park um, well I uh, my family and there are nine of us every one of us play golf Every one of them play golf, shall we say. So um, I was absolutely thrilled, actually, during the week. Um, my father played golf for Ireland uh, many, many years ago. And he was an, an honorary member of Muscry Golf Club. And Muscry wrote to me, congratulating me and offering me an honorary membership for the three years of the presidency. Mm. And I was absolutely chuffed by it. Because um, to think that I would get the same honour as my father is is incredible. Now, he was a very, very good golfer, and of those nine children that he had, I am by far the worst of the golfers <laughs> in the family. By far. I have a younger brother who I used to take out um, when he was much, much younger, when he was about 15, um, and himself and the dog and myself, we'd go out playing, and one day he's, he brought me out. Then recently, this was in Lahinch, where we spent a lot of time on holidays, um, he said to me after the round of golf, thank you for bringing me to places on this golf course where I've never been in my life. And I said, yeah, all right, thank you too. <laughs> um, but no, that's what, that's what I like to do. Um, and I suppose at another level, I follow an awful lot of sport. I suppose I'm, I'm very much interested in, in college basketball currently in terms of the American basketball in the NCAA tournament and looking to see if Gonzaga can have a undefeated season and win the NCAA, you know. So um, at some level, I never stray too far from sport. Now, people could say, well, my God, that must be a very, very boring life. And I suppose looking at it from the inside, you might think, or from the outside, you might think, yeah, it is. But that's what that's what I like to do. But I'm sure we are all really looking forward to things being back to normal. It was great to have you on. But before we let you go, I think another thing that was really nice to hear at Congress was your... Um, your inclusion of female in the G and you wanting to have more women involved and hopefully maybe the umbrella of having the Camogie and ladies football underneath it as a woman in sport, Larry, you know, it was, it was a very positive thing to hear from you. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I decided that I would try and put a woman on every statutory committee that we have. And I think we've got there. Um, and of course, Anne Looney from McCroom is, um, is the first woman to be on Quishtabanishti. Um, and so, I mean, that that will progress and then in terms of conversations with um, the Camogie Association and the LGFA um, we cooperate on so many levels that it is I think there's there's 12 committees central committees of which the LGFA and the Camogie Association are members um, because they're of, of interest in all the topics um, and that will continue that's our work will continue and we'll continue there's a memorandum of understanding to be signed shortly between the the GA and LGFA and the GA and the Camogie Association. Um, there was one just finished up at the at the end of February or the start of February, and we'll go and, and talk about that again in terms of progressing the whole notion, I suppose, of the one club model. Um, and ideally, it won't happen in my time because it's too big a project. But I mean, slowly but surely, we'll grow the associations together. Yeah, it sounds absolutely amazing. Larry, thanks so much for taking the time out to chat to me in the Big Red Bench. I know a lot of people in Cork will be delighted to hear you. 
and enjoy the golf when it opens up. I think in less than two weeks now you'll be back in the golf course being able to just get away from all the madness that GA brings as being as president of the GA brings. Thank you very much, Valerie.